All right, welcome in to uh, the return of the pregame.com RJ Bell's Dream Preview College Basketball Edition. I am AJ Hoffman, joined by Griffin Warner, the real G Warner, not the not a phony. No, G Warner, not a phony. And uh, back from a little Christmas holiday, and we're going to give you a, an episode today, and then we're going to piss off again and see you next Thursday. So uh, we will. Won't be doing a New Year's episode because Griffin's a young single man, and you know it's a big night for it's a big night for young single men out there is uh, New Year's Eve. So, uh, listen again. I, I feel like I'm kind of a, a broken record. Not a great slate this weekend, but we didn't want to leave you hanging, so we we've picked out a couple games. And we're going to try to get you through. Uh, this is the last weekend of for most of non-conference games. So we should be getting into some good matchups. We've got a couple conference matchups starting up in the uh, the Pac-12. We've got conference play started up in the Big East already. So there's some conference stuff happening. But for the most part, this is the last weekend where you'll get some non-conference uh, before we get into the meat of the schedule. So let's go ahead and jump into it, Griff. And let's start with a game on Friday. Looking at San Diego State at Gonzaga, the line currently sitting at six and a half. Um, obviously, anytime Gonzaga is at home, my instant thought is, yep, Gonzaga's at home. They win at home. And they are about almost 60% ATS in the Mark Few era at home, which is incredible. Um but this isn't the same Gonzaga team that it has been. Uh, this is a it's not uh it's not a bunch of different guys who can score from everywhere, score inside, score outside. It is a very different looking team. And that said, they still are at home. They they still have a great home field, home court advantage. And San Diego State, not great on the road. One and two straight up on the road this year. The one win, a one-point win against UC San Diego, which is down the street. Their other two roadies, they lost by six at Grand Canyon in a game that they were getting smashed in before they made a late comeback to make it respectable. And then they they lost by nine at BYU. And the San Diego State team is is interesting because Jadon Ledet has been like the he's been their best player. He's been the focal point of their offense, which is funny because he was basically a a, a bench piece on the Final Four team last year. And I don't. I mean, I, I guess it's it. It gives them a different look because last year Mensa was such a, a defensive guy that you didn't get a lot of offense from him. Um, but the defense is still good for San Diego State. My thought was this: Gonzaga has been dreadful shooting the three. I think they've got to have some positive regression coming. I, I think they create enough offensive rebounds or extra possessions through offensive rebounds. And this, I've complained about Gonzaga's depth this year quite a bit. They don't have the the roster, the, the roster depth that they've had the last few years. But against the San Diego State team, neither do they. they. Both these teams play very short rotations, so I don't think fatigue becomes a problem for Gonzaga. It's it's not anything I'm rushing to play, especially laying a, a outside of two possessions with the, with this Gonzaga team that I think is just kind of meh. But it's the only way I would look. Uh, I'm sure you are interested in the dog, as you tend to be. Go ahead and make your case. Well, thank you. You know, almost four minutes soliloquy right there. Thank you for letting me in. Uh, Yes, I am the real. (laughs) If you throw an underscore in between the real and G Warner, you can find me on Twitter. But thank you. uh, Happy to be back. Um, 
very disappointed. I, I feel like we've never had this type of desert of basketball games, even with like the Diamond Head Classic being the only thing over Christmas. Uh, I feel like I don't know what the schedule makers did to us this year. Maybe we got too many good non-conference, out of out of conference type of tournament games, but. We're here, and this is a pretty nice one to start off with. Uh, Saturday's full, Sunday's pretty bad, Monday's not great. So uh, Saturday you'll be looking forward to, I think, if you're a college basketball junkie like either of us. Um, yeah, and to talk about San Diego State, uh, I definitely like the dog here. Um, granted, most of the time I'm not really interested in fading Gonzaga at home. They're terrifying to me, but th- as you mentioned, this is not the same Gonzaga that we've been used to. Uh, San Diego State, to me, I mean, I was looking at potentially like requesting some Jaden Lede uh, or Lede. I don't, still don't even know how to pronounce his last name, but um, I guess I just call him MVP. Um, and unfortunately, I think they really need to have an incredible record, especially that loss to Grand Canyon for him to get any sort of votes. But basically, this bench player reserve, as you mentioned, now is their point forward um, and like the guy for Iowa state that wouldn't take planes back in the day. And basically he's going to fill up stats from points, rebounds, assists, all these sort of things. And I think that might offer some, a little bit different of, an, I don't know, a game for Gonzaga to have to play with their big guys. Um, with that said, seven points. Yes, it does mean you really kind of just got to hang around and dodge some uh, foul lucks late, uh, which it can get a little bit ugly until you hit that plus nine number. And even then it can get a little bit squirrely, of course, but um, you mentioned San Diego State's a short rotation, and unfortunately, their stats, like for years and years and years, have never really looked perfect. Um, but they're just a team that I've tried to fade, even with good teams at home and in, in in home environments that were pretty pretty great. I thought in the Mountain West, like Boise State, will come to mind, Colorado State, a bunch of years, um, and even with really small spreads, they San Diego State usually seems to win those games or find a way to hang around till the end, hit a three at the buzzer or something like that. Uh, I think seven points is far too many for Gonzaga to give. Uh, yes, they're probably more likely to win, and that probably means that they cover the spread because of fouling late if it's close. Uh, but San Diego State, this is a very similar – I mean, they've lost a lot of pieces from the national title runner-up, uh, though it wasn't much of a game. It's a lot of talent there, uh, and I think they can play this Gonzaga team really closely. It's just really, do you want to get in in some sort of foul fest late if it's close, uh, and do you want to fade the kennel? And I'm not sure I do. Yeah, and the foul fest, I mean, it's still worrisome, obviously, but Gonzaga's not a great free throw shooting team. So if, if, when you're targeting these types of numbers where they're going to have to make free throws to get that margin, it's not the lock that it used to be because they don't, they just don't have as many shooters as, as they used to have. And it's, uh, it's, it's weird to see Gonzaga in this situation. I don't know what the real cause is. Um, I, I don't know if it's like the way they, I mean, cause they have started to get some five-star guys occasionally. Like you get those, those types and you, you stop paying attention to the, the, the girl that brought you, uh, you know, th- those, those guys aren't around as much, but so, I mean, I guess you're, you're sending more guys to the NBA, but you don't have those glue guys. It doesn't feel like, um, and some of it is, I, I think there, like I said, I think there's some positive regression coming for some, like, I, I don't think Ryan Nimhart's a 30% three point shooter. I, I just don't, I, I've, I've seen him. I saw him shoot well at Creighton. I, I know what the guy can do. He just hasn't done it yet. Uh, it's just a matter of when does that happen? If you were looking for a time, it's probably when they're at home. So, uh, yeah, this is, I mean, Gonzaga used to be so good at home, I think, because they're such a good offensive team that would all like this, this, the sky was the the limit. The ceiling was the roof essentially. 
um, for Gonzaga when they're at home. And it doesn't seem like they're as talented as they have been in the past. I'm sure next year that'll get fixed and they'll be back to running teams by 25 points a game. But I feel like we've kind of seen some cracks in the foundation where Gonzaga hasn't been as dominant, maybe because the transfer portal has impacted them, like it's impacted our entire world life and uh, conference natures and everything like that. All right, let's go to the mountains. Washington at Colorado. Colorado laying eight and a half. And uh, since I gave the big soliloquy last time, I'll, I'll give you the lead uh, on, on Colorado <laughs> and UW. Well, I mean, it's hard to argue with what Colorado's done this year. I mean, I think, I don't know if you were uh, a believer from when like the polls came out, but Colorado's was gotten not. a lot of respect so far this year, yeah. um, despite not really showing a lot in the past. And I, I'm a believer in Tad Boyle as a coach, but I always felt like he had that sort of ceiling where he couldn't get over the hump. Like they're a good team to pull off some upsets, of course, win. It at altitude and cause some problems for bigger schools in the Pac-12 that just don't really do well on that mountain trip to Utah and Colorado. Um, so that could potentially be in play here, though. Washington, I think, plays. Uh, I they play Sunday. They play Friday, Sunday. Well, but yeah, they play. I think one of the say Colorado they play Utah Friday, trip. Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess it's the first leg. Yeah, so it's the first leg of the trip, so it's not as as bad. It's the second one is usually a really tough one. I, I would suspect. Um, but you know, hard to argue with Colorado's done this year. I feel like Washington, um, speaking of San Diego state played San Diego state really tight, could have made a free throw at the end to win one of those, uh, off season exempt tournaments, uh, but weren't unable to do so. Uh, I think Paul Mulcahy just showed why, uh, if you ever played for Rutgers, if you go somewhere else, you still can't shoot free throws no matter where you go. But uh, Washington, I mean, so there's some improvement on the Washington side. I think Colorado have lived up to expectations besides what, look like a close loss at Colorado state, which I don't really feel like they were ever in that game. And then a, a neutral court overtime loss, which looks worse by the day to Florida state, but I've uh, got a dominant win against Miami as a very, very respected, like one point underdog to a Miami team that had made the final four. And I think was undefeated at that point. So I think Colorado has done exactly what you could have asked from them. The big question now is, uh, do we buy a Washington eight and three start? I mean, it's hard to say that they have a big ton of big wins, though they did beat this Gonzaga program, uh, despite trailing for more of the game on average. So um, there, I think there's more for me to wonder about Washington. I mean, they had a win over Xavier, but who knows what that's worth at this point. Uh, I think this is a wait and see, and I think it's going to be a really tough spot for Washington to go get a win at Colorado. Yes, with a plus nine, plus eight and a half or something in that region, maybe you're around for uh, fouling late and you could potentially sneak inside that number, um, though it just doesn't really feel good to me at that point. And I feel like there is some blowout risk. So I'm going to wait and see if Washington can can pr perform at this type of venue and this type of place against a really good team that has lived up to expectations higher than yours or mine, it sounds like. But um, I think two teams that I'm, I'm very interested to see because I feel like Colorado have not fallen on their face just yet. Yeah. And if it hasn't happened in a non-conference, I don't know where it's going to happen in a very down Pac-12. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of where you are. I, I like I lean certainly to Colorado here, but it's not because I don't like Washington. I, I mean, I've actually been kind of impressed with them, too. I, I thought adding Wheeler and Mulcahy in the portal has made them like almost instantly more dynamic on the offensive side of the ball. And they're still they've still got their same fundamentals uh, on the defensive side. They're still a, a sound defensive team. I will say that the status of the big big man of uh, Frank Kangnang or Kang Kang Kepnang Kepnang Kepnang. I don't Kepnang. know why I can't yep. say Kepnang. 
Uh, there it is. There it is. He, but he hurt his knee the last game before the break. And remember, he missed basically the entire the second half of last year, 2022, with an ACL. And he he sat out that last game. So it makes me wonder if he's like if it's the same knee. Has he re-injured it? What? Because I, I look today, I haven't been able to find any kind of an update on his status. That Welcome that worries to college me. basketball injury right. reports, baby. Um, Boulder's one of the tougher road trips in the country, and this is the first road trip for Washington. I, I, I think to me, I, you you did say that the second second half of the mountain trip is usually tougher, and I agree with that. But I think Washington, the Washington schools drew the short end of the stick here, having to be, make their first real road games, the mountain trips. And I, I, I like fading these teams that have just padded their record by playing at home, playing against crummy teams at home. Washington's played one road game and it was against the university of Seattle and it wasn't on their campus. It was at the, uh, the climate pledge arena, uh, in downtown uh, Seattle. I was say, so, long, long road trip, uh, yeah. I don't know, across town. Yeah. Not even. So I, I, I don't trust this Washington team away from home. They only won two games on the road all last season. One was against Cal, the, the worst team in the Pac-12. The other was, though, a three-point win at Colorado, which is is kind of wild to think about. A team that can't win on the road wins one of their tougher road games last season. So um, I don't know, man. Colorado's been getting margin at home. I, I lean to them doing it here against a Huskies team that, like you said, has, has been sort of a roller coaster. Like they've got a couple wins on their resume, Xavier and, and Gonzaga wins that you're like, oh, that's nice. But then they've got a couple losses that make you go, oh, I'm not sure yet. So uh, I, I'm kind of watching see with you on this one. I, again, I lean to Colorado, but I'll, uh, I, I respect what I've seen out of Washington so far. Yeah, anybody with good sorry, anybody with good college basketball injury websites, please let us know. You could slide in any DM on any platform for me. I would love because literally I'm just frantically checking checking Twitter and like fan blogs, which are really not great for injury reports, I gotta say. Yeah, Griffin prefer he, like he'd rather you send injury reports than nudes in his DMs. Believe yeah, it or actually, not, actually, that's how, you know, that's how it, hardcore he is. You did mention my big uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, that's a that's a farce for uh, single men, at least for this one. <laughs> All right, let's go to the Big East. Creighton and Marquette on Saturday. Creighton is at Marquette. I found this fascinating. I wanted to see how these teams have matched up recently. And I looked at the Shaka McDermott era. So we've got four games between these two teams now. First year, Creighton went 2-0. They won in Omaha by six, but it was in double overtime. And then they won by one point in Milwaukee. Then last year, Marquette, they returned the favor. They went 2-0. They won by two at Creighton. And they won by 11 at home. But importantly... That was early in the season when Ryan Cockbrenner had mono or whatever the hell was going on with him. And I looked back at the first the first two games, and Cockbrenner was, I mean, he dominated those two games. Like he was the man in both Creighton wins. I think these two teams, these two coaches, these two programs are very even, which leads me to just want to take the points whenever I can. I I know home court is valuable in the big east. But I think Kalkbrenner gives Marquette's defense enough problems. We talk about Marquette all the time not having real size. And Creighton has size where they shouldn't. Like, Shireman is – he's he's like this weird hybrid player where he's he can be the point guard if they need him to, but he's also, like, arguably the best rebounder on their team. And I think that their size can give Marquette enough problems 
at least on the offensive side, that that Creighton can hang around in this game. So in between two teams that I see as kind of a coin flip, I'll I'll take Creighton. They've 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 been in a rough patch lately. They lost that game to UNLV. They lost at home to Villanova, which I mean, I, I was shocked at that. Um, so I I think that they I think they can give Marquette some problems here. I, I'll uh, I'll back Creighton as a uh, as a nice little dog here. Yes, yeah, so are you saying five? What was the number again? Sorry, uh, four four and a half is what it okay, looks like. Yeah, I think if this is as low as three, I think I'm only looking at Marquette. I think above that sort of number, it does make me want to look towards Creighton. I'm just a little bit concerned because in the losses that Creighton have had this year uh, or has had, they, they've they shot really poorly from three out of neutral to Colorado State at home to that Villanova game you just mentioned. And then the really surprising loss at UNLV also was confusing, but eight of 29 from three is not great. Um, I think that to me seems like their big bugaboo potential issue. I mean, they went to Nebraska and lit it up and, and won by a million. So um, it seems to be like maybe not so Jekyll and Hyde as a nine and three record would look like, but some of these losses have certainly been head scratchers. No shame in losing Villanova, but at home is a little bit weird, especially considering how dominant they've been there. Uh, and I would expect that they'll have more trouble shooting threes on the road than they would at home. So I think this kind of sets up pretty well for Marquette, who have also been fairly disappointing so far to start this year. I don't know necessarily that we would have expected uh, these two teams to be combined one and two in Big East conference play when they played each other. So um, it's a what could be a big potentially play out game. I guess if UConn keeps losing, then maybe that won't matter. But um, it, it seems to be a three-headed race, three-headed monster at the top of the Big East. And this is a huge game to determine where that, I guess it doesn't really matter because I think all these teams are getting bids, but where to set up seating and certainly to get an inside track at, at winning that conference title. Uh, my big question is really, it starts with, as you mentioned, Big Calk, Big Cock, the Cockbrenner, and miss, messing with Igadaro. Unfortunately, I don't really know how that matchup will go because Cockbrenner should be able to draw some fouls in Igadaro. But if Igadaro is able to do that to Cockbrenner, then it, we're in big trouble and Cockbrenner will be on the road. It seems more likely that he'll struggle with that whistle than uh, a home team would. So there's a lot that I'm sort of questioning, and I think it's one of those games I'm really interested in watching. Uh, I don't blame you for wanting to play Creighton above a certain uh, above a possession because of this game could come down to the wire but as we mentioned with the foul luck and things of that nature I, I think I'm sitting on the sidelines hoping for a short number on Marquette really just because they're at home but not really expecting it and honestly there's still some questions I have about Marquette about how well they can score the ball if Kolek and Igadaro aren't just dominating the other team yeah I, I looked at the uh the foul issues uh when these two teams played before and unfortunately at the time Igadoro was like two years ago in 2022 he was he was a bench piece um, you know, they, they had some other guys, they had the, uh, the, uh, Quoth, the, he, the, the, he was playing a lot of big for them and, and Prosper was playing a lot for them. Um, and, but in both games, I mean, it was almost two to one fouls called on Marquette, uh, like Kalkbrenner spent a lot of time at the free throw line, uh, in both of those games. And that's what I'd be hoping for. I, I I'm hoping that we get six to eight. Uh, at least free throw attempts from Kalkbrenner. And if that happens, I, I think Creighton is, is the right side here. But it's certainly, like you said, I, I think it's a high stakes matchup uh, on a weekend that doesn't have a lot of those. So uh, it's, it's certainly one to watch and enjoy. All right, let's get to best bets, Griffin. And before we do, tell the people how they can save some cash at pregame. 
Okay, you can use the promo code RING30. Good for $30 off any Best Bet package. You get games of the year. You get all all access, uh, including our holiday weekender. Get every pick in every sport from your favorite pro through New Year's Day on Monday. It's good for seven days from the podcast release. Good luck with me doing the math live. I think that's through the 4th of January, whenever you're listening to this. So get in there. Go save some money. You've got tons of bull stuff out there. And actually, pros of interest, number one on the list, Griffin Warner, plus 79.08 units, all sports year to date. So jump on that. Come on in. Uh, college basketball has been really good. I think I'm still over 60%. Uh, haven't seen today's matchup yet but um teeter-tottering on that number trying to shoot for 36 units like we made last year so go tune in use the promo code ring 30 good for uh, a bunch of savings and uh, you make aj and i look good when you use it i'm rj bell and i'm going to give you some straight talk now there's two types of people that try to be healthy one is the fanatics they're the types that show up in vegas and they got a water bottle and they got like a uh, celery chopped up and Let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1. And all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and Five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With Pick 6, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. Beautiful. Uh, I'll take the lead here. My game is tomorrow on Friday, and I kind of hinted at this mountain trip, and that's where I'm going. Uh, I'm going to take Utah minus seven, hosting Washington State, and this is, much like Washington, the first road trip of the season for Wazoo. They've got to do it at elevation, where the Utes always have a nice home court edge. And Washington State's big advantage over most teams is their size. Like, they, they just are, they've got a bunch of big plodding dudes, and uh, they get a lot of rebounds and, you know, they they get easy buckets. And 
That doesn't matter against Utah because Utah is the biggest team in the country. And Utah's bigs, unlike Wazoo's, can actually shoot the ball. So you pull those Wazoo bigs out of the paint, should open some cuts up. uh, And Utah, they almost always have like four shooters on the floor. We've already seen this Utah team get a signature win at home against BYU. And as long as they're healthy, I I think they're one of the best offenses in the Pac-12. You mentioned the Pac-12 is down. I I think this Utah team who, you know, a couple years ago in Craig Smith's first year, they really turned around the defense. Now the offense has really gotten good. And I think a lot of it was just health. Last year they weren't healthy. And this year so far they are. Uh, Like I said, Washington State's going to rely on those those second chances. And I, I just I think the Utes limit that. Miles Rice has been awesome at the point for the Cougars. Uh, that was kind of the big question for them coming into the season was who's going to play point guard for them. And Miles Rice, the freshman, has been way better than I expected. But this is his first road game. And a freshman playing his first road game uh, against a tough defense, I-, I think that he could struggle a little bit here. Uh, so I think this is a good spot for Utah to get some margin. So Utah minus seven will be my best bet. Where are you going for yours? I'm with you. The second chance point is going to be very tough against a big lineup, as you mentioned. I still think three-point shooting is a big, big issue for Washington State, and especially going in the road. I think that's an even bigger problem. I'm going to go to uh, another down conference, one that's been down for a long, long time now, and that is the Atlantic Coast Conference. Uh, less zone from Adrian, Adrian Autry, but I'm going to go with Syracuse. We're thinking around pick them, but I'll play them up to minus three uh, home game for Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh's only won their road their single road game on the road at West Virginia early this year, but that was West Virginia before a lot of their transfers became eligible and before West Virginia looked competent. Still not sure they do. Uh, I think it's going to be a big test. It seems like Pittsburgh against the best teams they've played, they've lost them all, including losing to Missouri at home, which looks worse by the day. Uh, Syracuse, certainly not a pretty team at this point, and they've had some ups and downs this year, but have had some pretty good performances, I think, at home in the Carrier Dome or whatever they're calling it now. Uh, a really good spot for uh, a good performance from Judah Mintz and uh, really just a team that looks like they're getting a little bit better uh, finally outside of that Jim Beheim shadow, finally playing a defense that's not the 2-3 zone. So take Syracuse up to minus three, hopefully something around pick them. I'd, re- I'd act quickly if you got a zero or a minus one uh, on Syracuse. I'd grab that before it climbs. Uh, but that'll be my best bet. And I think I've won like three in a row. So hoping to keep that going as we move forward. I, I know whatever you've won in a row, I've lost in a row. Uh, so <laughs> a lot it, of one and one. Yeah, it, it is a one and one season for us. But uh, yeah, I like Syracuse here as well. Um, I, I, I was kind of down on Syracuse until I saw, I guess it was a couple weeks ago. And I guess maybe it was a little over a week ago, the Oregon game where, and I, I complain about Oregon a lot because I don't know what Oregon's full strength team looks like. But Whatever the whatever Oregon rolled out there, whatever Dana Altman rolled out there, Syracuse abused them, and I thought that was a really nice win for them. Um, so maybe maybe something that's going to build some confidence for them. I, the, the teams that have shut them down are teams that are like pretty elite defensively. Uh, you know, the, the Tennessee, Virginia, those are the teams that they've really struggled with, and I, I think if 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 Syracuse can get into the mid sixties here, maybe hit 70, I, I think they've got a good chance. And I, I think they should do that. So uh, especially given, you know, the, the pace that they want to play at uh, and Pittsburgh's kind of a, a neutral pace team. So I, I think they get, they get into the seventies. And I, I think when this team gets in the seventies, they're going to win a lot more games than they lose. So uh, backing your play here as well. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. And that's going to do it for this year. 
we're going to take a break for New Year's and we will be back this time next week in a whole new year trying to bring you some winners. So uh, Griffin, enjoy the holiday, my man. You never know. Things could look up for you between now and, and New Year's Day. Uh, they are looking up. Thank you, AJ. It's been a pleasure as always. Looking forward to next year and uh, a bunch more 2-0s. That, that, please, some 2-0s. Talk to you guys next week.